Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I am Dana K. White. I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 396. And I think I'm going to call it why, why isn't in my decluttering process. So I have found myself over the last probably, I don't know, couple of weeks, month, whatever y'all time is just an absolute time warp for me right now. Oh my word. Anyway, <laughs> like the week before Thanksgiving, I was at a conference in California talking to realtors and the next week. I was out of town the whole week for Thanksgiving, and then I came back, and then y'all, yesterday I had jury duty. I did not get picked. I did not try to not get picked because I was like, you know, they gave us the speech, and I was like, you know what? If it was my family member who was a victim or accused of something, I would want somebody to do the right thing, right? And so I was determined to not try to get out of it, but I am not saying that I wasn't incredibly relieved when I was not picked. But anyway, uh, it's been bananas. It's been crazy. Why did I start telling you that? I have no idea, but, uh, oh, I know what it is over the course of just talking to people a lot in different scenarios. So it wasn't always even about decluttering, but specifically when I would be teaching and talking to people about, you know, what it is that I do, it so often comes up that people want to fixate on why it is this way. And I'm like, I get it. Like I get the desire to understand. And 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 I'll be honest, it's usually people talking to me about other people in their lives who or other people that they've dealt with or whatever who had, you know, a, a situation that was out of control in their home. And they say, you know, they just they're like, but why? Why? And I'm I keep saying over and over, I'm like, you know what? I don't find that word to be helpful. Now we're going to talk about, yes, there are times when it can be helpful, but when there is a situation where we are overwhelmed in our home, okay, when I say we, I'm always talking about me, right? Like I'm saying, this is where I was. I was completely overwhelmed in my home. I wanted to know why. I wanted to know why it had gotten so bad. I wanted to know why it had always been a struggle. I wanted to know why I was not like everybody else in the world that seemed to be able to do this stuff without it being so incredibly difficult and impossible for them the way that it seemed to be for me. I wanted to know all of those. And and I think what was happening was that I was thinking if I understood why that would be the light switch that I've been looking for to flip on to illuminate everything and change it all. Because I really always wanted that light switch, you know, the light bulb to come on, come on in my mind and for me to realize, oh, I get it now. Okay. If I, if I just could see clearly with the light switch turning on, if I just understood why this would be easy. I wanted the lightning bolt change. I wanted the wake up tomorrow and be organized solution. I wanted my brain to be different. Well, as y'all know, if you have listened to this podcast ever, basically, it wasn't a lightning bolt. 
And in fact, all the years when I was waiting for the lightning bolt or to find the light switch or for the light bulb to come on or whatever light instantaneous, you know, comparison I'm trying to make to happen, when I was waiting for that, I wasn't improving my home. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I was wanting to know why and fixating on that to the point that I was not actually just doing the things that I could go ahead and do. And the funny thing, not funny, ha ha, funny, huh, thing is that once I started doing the things, getting rid of the stuff, washing the dishes, doing the pickups, giving things homes. Once I started doing that, two things happened simultaneously. I started to change my home immediately and I started to understand and see why my home had always been a disaster. And unfortunately, it was not because I had, uh, you know, childhood trauma, which I think many of you that may be part of your story. But for me, it was not childhood trauma, but it was the the real reason why y'all, I figured out why my dishes weren't done. For me, it was because I wasn't doing them. And I, I don't know, is this getting too sassy? If this is too sassy, Rachel, you can take it out. Okay. But I'm being sassy to myself, right? Like I'm talking to the me who used to be like, why is my kitchen always a disaster? And then over time, I realized, oh, you know, as I actually started doing the dishes every day, figuring out that dishes math is a thing and that my perception of how long it took to do the dishes was completely warped by the fact that I always waited until I was out of dishes and then it took hours for me to catch up. And so I didn't understand what one day's worth of dishes were. All that time of me being like, why, why is my kitchen so hard to keep under control? Well, it was because I wasn't doing the dishes. That's, that was the why for me. Okay. Now there are more things obviously for so many people, and I don't want to discount that. I don't want to say that you don't need the help of someone who can help you dive into the, uh, you know, the, the back ground that you have, maybe some things that you were taught or told or things that were said to you or things that happened to you, all of that can absolutely impact the way that you view your home now. Okay. And so y'all know, I highly value professional mental health, right? Professional mental health professionals helping you. I, I highly value that. Okay. But I also know that for me, I was ready to learn some things about myself and accept that while my brain works differently, I was more ready for that 
when I wasn't as overwhelmed by my house and I was less overwhelmed by my house because I had less stuff in it and I, you know, felt capable of keeping the dishes done. Okay. So it's this thing of like, do we wait for the why or do we go ahead and start doing the work? And then as we do the work, the why both becomes clear to us as we're doing the work, but we're also better able, I shouldn't be saying we're, I always try to veer away from that because I know how it feels when you're the person who's listening to someone speaking like, we're doing this. And you're like, I'm not. Okay. But for me, as I was digging my way out, I started to see why it had been this way for me, started to understand myself more. And I was better equipped to accept that, embrace it, and use it because I was less overwhelmed by my house because of the work that I had done that was also the thing that got me to understanding why. See, why, why isn't in my decluttering process? That's what we're talking about today, okay? I don't use it as part of the process, but I don't want to discount the desire to and the helpfulness of knowing why. Okay. The desire to know why and the helpfulness of knowing why I'm not discounting that, but I am saying I don't use why in my decluttering process because I don't find it helpful in the actual decluttering process. It's not necessary. So why? (laughs) There's a reaction to why. I react when someone says, well, why this? Because even if they say it kindly, I often hear the word why as an accusation. So when someone asks me, why do you, and they still, oh my goodness, y'all, if you want people to ask you why you do every last little thing that you do, you know what you should do? You should start a YouTube channel because it's a wonderful, wonderful way to get people to question. (laughs) For the most part, I would say 99.8% of all the people are incredibly wonderful, but there are going to be, why, why this, why that, why, why do you keep your uh, dishwasher tabs on the counter instead of under the sink? Why do you, you know, why do you not change the, um, the, what are they called? The things hinges. Why don't you change the hinges on that cabinet to the other side so that it's easier to get into from there? And I'm like, cause you don't know me at all. I am not the person who's ever going to change the hinges. Changing hinges. Well, that sounds like a real big project that I'm never going to do. Right. So that's why, but that doesn't answer, you know, but I'm just saying like when I, the, why that question Especially when it's something that I'm thinking, oh, I've either never noticed that before. I've never really thought about why. I know that it's not relevant to this situation. It just raises my hackles. I don't know what hackles are on people, but I know them when I feel them, right? That feeling on the back of your neck where you're just like, you know, it's like my dog does when she thinks something that is not good is around, right? Like the hair on the back of her neck just stands straight up because it's like, "Mm, I'm ready. I'm bracing. Something's going on here. Right. And so that's how a lot of us feel when someone asks us 
the question why, like explain yourself. And so I don't use it in the process because either if it's me having to ask myself why, that's when I end up, oh, spinning out. I don't know why. Well, well, this is why. Well, when I'm helping someone else, especially, and this is one of the first things I teach my decluttering coaches. Y'all know I have decluttering coaches, right? Who are trained in my method. You can go to declutteringcoaches.com. Everybody listed there on a cute little map of the United States and worldwide uh, is trained and certified by me and my method. The number one thing we talk about is why we don't use the question why, right? It immediately causes the person that you're helping to declutter, whether that's someone else or even myself, to be defensive, Okay. And that's not helpful in the process. We're working together. We don't need to set up a situation where you have to explain yourself. You know, I did a video with my husband probably a year and a half ago where I was helping him clean out his office. And I asked the question, why? I was like, why do you have that? And I, because it's natural to ask. It is the most normal thing in the world to ask. Like, I really want to know, why do you have this? And yet I, stop myself. And so I was like, you know what, actually, it doesn't matter why. And sometimes you accidentally ask it. And that's a great opportunity to just put it out there that, Hey, I'm not asking why we're not worried about that. We can move on and work on the decluttering process without ever asking why, because it causes that defensiveness. It often makes me hold on tighter because if I need to explain it, if I need to understand why I have this thing in my house, then I'm starting to think about the the circumstances when it entered my house. Maybe the reasons why I bought it, why I brought it into my house. It helps me think of, it causes me to think, it's not helpful, but it causes me to think of all the what ifs, right? Like, well, I have that because, you know, I have that, those knitting needles because I get cold in the winter and I really love the idea of a homemade blanket and I don't actually know how to knit or anything, but I saw those needles, those knitting needles. And I was like, you know what? I should go ahead and get those because I really would like to know how to make blankets one day. And so, and then I start thinking about things other than the reality of the stuff that I'm dealing with its role in my house right now the function of this space that I am trying to really focus in on. Okay. So I am not thinking about the actual things I need to be doing of making this space functional, which is our goal with decluttering. I'm thinking about all these other things, either in the past when I got it or in the future for why I might have it. All of that leads it to me justifying keeping it, which If I don't ask why, there's often a very easy, oh, well, of course this can go, right? But as I'm justifying, it's also leading me to resisting letting go of it, okay? It's also, it's just not necessary to ask why. So if you're new here, I have a five-step decluttering process, which guarantees progress and only progress as long as you follow it. Okay. So you can't just be like, I'm doing this and then do it your way. And then you're like, oh, I didn't make progress. Well, if you actually do it my way, you're going to make progress. Okay. So that's, that's the whole thing of it guarantees progress. 
My new digital picture frame from Aura is honestly my new favorite thing. It is a beautiful frame that displays a new photo every 10 minutes. Y'all, I'm delighted every time I walk by my beautiful Aura frame. One frame, lots and lots of photos that I can enjoy. That is a great solution for what can be a clutter problem, right? So how does one frame show so many photos? Well, I preload photos onto the frame using a super simple app that Aura has. I have also shared the app with my kids so they can add photos to my frame anytime from wherever they are. Now that my kids are all traveling and moving to different cities, this is like a mama dream come true. So we are also loading up a frame with pictures for my mom for Mother's Day. It only took me two minutes to get started using my Aura app. You can upload an unlimited number of photos, invite others to share photos directly to your frame with no fees or memberships. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code clean at checkout to save terms and conditions apply. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Projects. So many projects. Taking care of all the things gets overwhelming. So when I get that feeling of overwhelm, I know I need to take steps to make my mental well-being a priority. Having someone to talk to, like a better help therapist, can really help. This time of year is always busy, but with my youngest child graduating from high school, we have lots of extra projects that need my attention. I know from experience that these are the times when it feels extra helpful and essential to talk through my emotions with my therapist. BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with a licensed therapist. The online platform simplifies the process. It's accessible and affordable. After answering a short questionnaire, you can choose whether you prefer to meet via phone call, video, or live chat, and you can plan your sessions at your convenience to suit your schedule. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash clean. Getting the most out of your grocery dollar can be challenging these days, to say the least. Having a focused plan for meals is the very best way that I have found to stay on budget. And that is why I love Prep Dish. Every week I receive an email from Prep Dish with a meal plan and grocery list already made for me and step-by-step instructions for the one hour prep session that sets me up for mealtime success all week long. And yes, I said one hour prep for a week's worth of dinners. That means I'm saving time as well as money. Choose from four meal plans to fit your eating style. Gluten-free, paleo, low carb, and super fast. I really, really like Prep Dish's super fast menus. So I don't have to turn to takeout or processed convenience foods to feed my family fast. It's a game changer for working moms. The founder, Allison, is offering listeners a free two-week trial to try it out. Check out prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for this amazing deal. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. This is a no brainer. Okay. So in this five-step process, we get rid of the trash. Okay. This is a very easy thing for me to want to fixate on the why. Why is this still here? Why did I make myself apple cider tear that package open and just leave that package there right next to the kettle. Like, why did I do that? What is wrong with me? Why? Those are the kinds of things that used to go through my head a lot, still do go through my head sometimes, right? If I have to figure out why I do that, in the meantime, there are still apple cider 
packets, empty trash on my countertop, right? So I cut out the why and I just say, I'm going to look for trash. I'm going to throw away trash. And I start throwing away the trash and then they're gone. And you know what actually happens over time? As I go through this process and I say, oh, I'm overwhelmed. I got to look for trash. Okay. Apple cider packets. Oh, I got to look for trash. Oh, wow. This time there's, there's more apple cider packets. That's weird. Okay. Okay. I have spaces over. Oh my God. Oh, I got to look for trash. Okay. Oh, apple cider packets. As I do that and I throw those things away and I haven't worried about why, but I've gone through the action of throwing them away. I still feel like, oh my word, why is this here? I still feel that way, but I'm not taking time to try to answer the why, but I'm making real progress and I get to experience, wow, this space looks so much better without apple cider packets right there, okay, that that hadn't been thrown away. And then over time, I end up changing how my brain works and I am much less likely to put the apple cider packets and just leave them there because I've gone through the action of cleaning that up and having an experiencing, oh, that was easy. Oh, wow. That makes a really big difference. Oh, wow. I seem to be doing this over and over. And so then I start to set it down and then I realize, oh, I can just go ahead and stick this in the garbage now instead of waiting. Right? So it's not necessary in the process to ask myself why. And I solve the problem by going ahead and solving it. Right? Instead of thinking, 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 thinking before I actually start doing anything, which when you don't have an answer for why, that's when it gets real easy to just keep on thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking some more, right? Because I don't have an, I don't know why I do that, but I can still improve my house without knowing why. Okay. And I can even improve my habits and I can start to change how I focus and how I do things by just going ahead and doing it. Okay. The next step of my decluttering process, I'll go through these quickly, but they are easy stuff, right? Easy stuff is anything that has an established home somewhere else in the house, but for whatever reason, it's not there. It's here. I'm not going to worry about why. I mean, it's one of the things I always say, I'm like, don't worry about why just take it to its home. Often the action of taking it to its home will reveal why it is that this happened, right? But even if it doesn't, it still ends up in its home and this space is less overwhelming than it was before, right? Next, I do the donations. Now, this is one where I am specifically giving myself permission to not worry about anything other than just, oh, this can go. I'm not going to ask myself why it's here. I'm not going to ask myself why I didn't get rid of it sooner. I'm not, all those things opened me up when I let myself ask the question why they opened me up to a lot of angst. And instead, I just say, this is a step in my process. I look for anything that just is obviously a donation and it can go immediately. And then that stuff, once it's gone, you know, it's gone. And then that space is better than it was before. So going through the process, the other two steps of the process are the two decluttering questions and then embracing the reality of the space, right? But We don't use why in the middle of that process because it adds time and unnecessary emotional energy and we just don't need it. Okay. It's not needed in there and it 
generally causes more harm than good to use it as part of the process. Again, we are not saying that there's no value in understanding this, but generally the understanding comes about as you do the thing, right? As you, as you do the thing, as you do the decluttering process. Sometimes also there are things when that I, I don't want to keep, I don't need to keep that I do have a why for. Sometimes there are things that I'm like, yeah, there's a reason that I kept this. And I find this a lot with stuff that is initially, I think it's sentimental, but when I actually give myself permission to not go through the why and instead just say, okay, you know, where would I look for this first? That's my first decluttering question. If I needed this item, where would I look for it first? Oh, wait, I'd never go looking for this thing because I actually don't like it. And then I realized that what I thought was sentimental was actually more like guilt clutter, right? Like it was sentimental to someone else in my life at some point. It was something that someone gave me and I felt like I needed to keep it out of either, you know, gratefulness or, um, you know, keep it a a family treasure in the whatever. And those are all whys of why I maybe would have kept this item, but because I'm not using why in my decluttering process, and instead I'm just saying, where would I look for it first? And then if I don't have an answer to that, would it ever occur to me that I had one? then those reveal to me that it doesn't have a place in my house. Even though if I was saying why I had it here, I could totally give you a big long reason. But in reality, it doesn't deserve space in my home. There might be a why, but I don't want it. And so I'm not going to ask why and then end up keeping something that shouldn't be here just because there's some, you know, because we can't say that you know, if we're going to ask the question why, then we have to have like, well, then which whys are legitimate and which ones are not. And that's when we get into all this other, you know, so it's like, I I get to take all that out by just asking myself the decluttering questions, right? There's also times when I do want to keep something and I don't have a why for it. I think this is one of the things that we, uh, you know, with my coaches, we try to be really careful of, right? And this is one of the main reasons we talk about why is I'm like, It is up to me as the person decluttering my space. I'm the one who gets to decide what it is I'm going to keep and what I'm not going to keep. Okay. But I'm going to do that successfully when I have boundaries around it. Right. Would I ever go looking for it? Okay. I maybe not, but I, I just can't get rid of this thing. Okay. Well then we're going to go with the realities of the space. Is there room for it? If there's room for it, and it's not going to, you know, shove out or make it impossible to to function and use uh, something that I do actually need and use all the time, you know, for my right now life, then I can keep it. And I don't have to justify keeping it. I don't have to, you know, write a dissertation on all the reasons why this thing should get to stay in my home. I just get to go, okay, well, there's space so I can keep it. Or there's no space, so I can't keep it. I, I mean, it it just takes the why and the justifying and the arguing, whether it's with the person helping me or it's with myself, it takes that out of the equation, right? And so we remove all that and we just go with the reality of 
the situation and the space and my personality and all that kind of stuff. And that's what the decluttering process does. If you ever want a copy, a printable of my five decluttering steps, you can sign up for my newsletter at aslobcomesclean.com slash five, F-I-V-E. Okay. Getting the most out of your grocery dollar can be challenging these days to say the least. Having a focused plan for meals is the very best way that I have found to stay on budget. And that is why I love Prep Dish. Every week I receive an email from Prep Dish with a meal plan and grocery list already made for me and step-by-step instructions for the one hour prep session that sets me up for mealtime success all week long. And yes, I said one hour prep for a week's worth of dinners. That means I'm saving time as well as money. Choose from four meal plans to fit your eating style. Gluten-free, paleo, low carb, and super fast. I really, really like Prep Dish's super fast menus. So I don't have to turn to takeout or processed convenience foods to feed my family fast. It's a game changer for working moms. The founder, Allison, is offering listeners a free two-week trial to try it out. Check out prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for this amazing deal. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. This is a no-brainer. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Okay. Uh, let's see. I already kind of started talking about this stuff at the beginning. But yeah, it's the, the understanding why might release you. It might be that clarifying moment that allows you to move forward. But you can also move forward before you have that moment. And often it is the moving forward that is the thing that helps me be ready for that moment of realization. Okay. So I did a podcast and I think I did a blog post years ago too. In 2017, my family and I went on an archaeological dig. It was uh, a week of getting up. I think we had to be up at like four because we like left at 5 a.m. and rode this bus out to this archaeological dig site. And so I don't remember a whole lot. I don't remember enough to ever call myself any kind of expert in that area. But I do know that, you know, at the we were there for like the, I don't know sixth week or something where people, different groups had been working on these different ones. And we all, we each, each little section had their own actual archeologist, you know, so we were just there to do grunt work. But, you know, when you look at the ground and to realize that people had been walking over this piece of ground or could have just looked at it for literally thousands of years and not known that there was a wall under there because it just looks like ground, Right. And yes, there are different kinds of studying that people would do and technology and stuff to try to figure out kind of where to even start. And I get that. But, you know, the only way that I was able to see where the wall was, was that people started scraping the dirt away. Right. And dirt is dirt. 
that was one of the things I realized when we did this archaeological dig. Most of it is dirt. There's very little actual important stuff. Most of it's just the dirt and it's the whole process is just removing the dirt, removing the dirt. Well, there was no way to see the wall. I didn't know there was a wall there until the dirt started to be removed. Okay. And then as we kept going, we kept removing more and more dirt. And the closer we got, the more we could be a little more precise in things, right? Like you knew where it was. And so now you could kind of predict, okay, I'm going to take a little more out of here and I'm going to really focus on the dirt here. Although you're draining the bathtub, which is what they would talk about. You're, you don't want to do like dig real deep over here. You kind of got to do it evenly. Right. But you just kept removing, kept removing, kept removing. And the more you removed, the more you could see what it was you had wanted to see from the beginning. And you could understand a whole lot more of like, oh, okay, wow, this is, wow, this is a little ledge on that wall. Oh, this is a doorway. Okay. You could understand it more as the stuff got removed. That's why I'm so big on taking those first three steps of the process with, without the commitment to be done, without the commitment to finish this thing once and for all and do it all perfectly. It was saying, even if I never get to steps four and five, what if I just do steps one, two, and three? Trash, easy stuff, and dead donations. Just the things that don't require any emotional gymnastics, right? That don't require anything because they are literally, by definition, the things that don't cause me any kind of emotional angst. They are the things that don't require emotional energy. They don't require me to make decisions. It's the things that I look at and I'm like, well, of course that's trash. That's what I'm talking about. It's the things that are easy because, oh, well, that has a, a home somewhere else. Well, okay. You know, and the more I get those things out, the more I am clarifying what I'm actually dealing with. And then I see what it is. So I'm not just imagining in my head anymore the, what am I dealing with? And what is all this? And blah, blah. No, I am, I know what I'm dealing with. And with all that other stuff out of there, when I've clarified this wall, when I have removed the easy, obvious dirt, the stuff, right? And I know what I'm dealing with. I'm in a very different place than I was before when it was one big, overwhelming mess. When I was, you know, for the archaeological parallel, when I was just walking over a piece of ground, not knowing what it was, not having any idea, and therefore really not even being able to think about or imagine what was underneath, right? But once that obvious has to go anyway stuff is gone, that's when I can see it. And that is when I am much more able to do it. But just remember, you can go through the whole decluttering process and never ask the question why. Never have to answer the question, why? Okay? You can make yourself, your house, your home, your function of things in your space so much better without having to ask or answer that question. But that's naturally going to help you understand. What's my why? Why my house was such a disaster? Well, honestly, a lot of that is project brain, right? The things that I am good at, get accomplished in a way that is very different than the house needs to be maintained, right? My house is not a project. It's not something that I get clean top to the bottom and then it stays that way. That's just not life. Okay. That's not how that works. So when I was attack, when I was attacking, I keep wanting to say attacking and tackling, when I was tackling my house 
like a project that was backfiring for me. What are some other things? My brain works differently from that of naturally organized people. I didn't know that. I didn't understand that, oh, the things that make me tick, that make me me, are also things that naturally result in a house getting a little out of control. If I don't put in strategies and processes that work for me and my brain to keep it under control. Okay. But trying to follow the advice of people for whom, to whom this stuff comes naturally, you know, it was never going to work for me. You know, it was never going to work for me to pull everything out of a space because that's the thing that gets me overwhelmed. It's the thing that caused me to give up before I got started because of all the times I had tried doing that and had failed at it that way. All right. I realized a big why of why my house was consistently out of control was that I have a really low clutter threshold and I didn't know a clutter threshold was a thing because I hadn't made it up yet. And a clutter threshold is the point at which I personally can keep my home under control easily. I didn't know there was a point when I would be able to keep my house under control. I just thought I wasn't capable of doing this. By decluttering, I learned that I had a clutter threshold. I learned what my clutter threshold was. And then I was able to keep my house under control, which then helped me realize, oh, I can do this, right? But if I had just been like, why, why, why? And that's one of the things that's frustrating because I know people want, I have been asked before, can you create a quiz? Like, tell me how to know what my clutter threshold is. And I'm like, the only way to know it is to declutter. You declutter and you're probably pretty quickly going to realize, oh, my house is easier this way. It's still hard. I'm still overwhelmed. But you declutter more and you declutter more and you declutter more. And one day you realize, oh, I can do this. That's your clutter threshold. So by finding my clutter threshold, I realized why was my house out of control? I had more stuff than I could handle. I had more stuff than I could keep under control. There was no way that I could handle all the things that I had. Therefore, I needed to have less stuff. Okay. All right. I hope this has been helpful. I hope y'all had a wonderful, are we like a week past Thanksgiving? Did I do a podcast last week? Y'all, I'm telling you, time is crazy right now for me and my brain. Anyway. All right. I uh, just want to remind you that Take Your House Back, the course I created with Cass from Clutterbug and Dawn from Minimal Mom is on sale for $94 through uh, maybe first week in January. Yeah. So if you want to go to aslobcomesclean.com slash take, that is where to go to find that. All right. I will talk to y'all later.